0: Thank you for listening to the Missio Day Uptown podcast. We are a church committed to our neighborhood, seeking to love and serve our beautifully unique community as we join God as he makes all things new. To learn more about us, visit mduptown.com.
1: I feel feel really privileged to be a part of a church that is thoughtful, uh, considerate, but also continues to push each other to be empathetic, to um, be aware, to understand situations. Uh, If you are new with us, my name is Jimmy. I am one of the pastors here at Missio Day. A a couple things. My back is fine. I'm not sitting because my back is hurt. And once again, we are not a cool church, so I'm not sitting because of that. Um, Our service is going to be a little bit different this morning. Um, So we are going to continue to Learn from our Native American brothers and sisters, uh, Indigenous churches, uh, and this morning we are going to do something that I have coined community wisdom. Uh, so this has been a little bit part of the DNA of Missio Day in the past, not not necessarily called it this. We called them Ebenezer Sundays for those of you who have been around for a long time. Um, and what we're going to do this morning. Is we are actually at a point where uh, for two months we won't be in Exodus. We're going to get back into Exodus in February, and so um, we are going to sort of like put a little period here on um, our exploration of Exodus this this morning. And the way we're going to do that is a way we're going to explore that is sort of through or not sort of it is uh, through community wisdom. And so what this is going to look like? Um, let me. I'm going to tell you what uh, what it looks like in indigenous church, just so then you feel better that not. Every single person is going to go. So, um, so in, in indigenous church, there will be a, a, um, a topic. Uh, and what happens is the mic is literally passed around to every single person, um, and they're uh, given an opportunity to share on that topic. Uh, I think what it does is it decenters sort of the one person sort of model of church and recenters the community, right? Um, I've said this before, while Preaching while teaching is really important. Good teaching is really important. The reality is, is the center of the church, um, outside of Jesus, of course, is the community, right? Uh, and we want to continue to be a church that centers the community. And so what, would ha- what happened would be uh, the mic is passed around. Everyone shares on that topic. And it sort of entrusts the community in two ways. The first way is that it entrusts the community to have some wisdom on that particular topic, right? We have a topic, and you're, you're trusting that the community is going to be able to say more than one person can, can maybe even say about that topic. The second way it trusts the community, though, is also there's a reality that maybe some people would say something that's slightly off or something that um, isn't fully aligned with the, the Scripture or, or the topic. And, the rea- and so the, the way that we trust the community then is to discern what is good, right, to discern, to have some discernment on, like, okay, like, while we really want to be intentional with our space here, there are going to be some things that are said that are maybe not 100% accurate, and that's okay, and that doesn't fall on any one person, but the community just discerns, like, yeah, what is really true here and, and able to do that. This morning, we are not going to pass around the mic and have every single person go, Um, But we are, (laughs) Cheryl cheered, um, as did many of you in your head, right? Um, But we are going to give people opportunities to share what they have been learning in Exodus from God uh, in our community. I think even outside of sort of taking um, the lead from some of our uh, Native American family is that we also get an opportunity to do something that's really good for learning, and that's summarizing, right? Right. Um, my least favorite part in English class was always like the end. They're like, all right, now summarize the passage. But the reality is, is that actually gives us really good opportunity to like internalize and remember some of the, the wisdom or some of the learning that we have done. And so we just, we want to do that this morning and open it up. Um, I'm, so what I'm going to do is I'm actually, I have some summaries from Exodus 1 through Exodus 17 of some of the passages that we have gone over this morning. Um, I'm going to go over those and then um, we're going to, Tiana is going to have a mic. Tiana is going to help me out. Uh, and we're literally going to come to you at your seat if you would like to share something and give people an opportunity to share. Now, for some of you, you are like so excited. You're like, man, Jimmy, finally you have let me say something in front of this church, right? Um, for others of you, you're really nervous, really anxious. Is like, is this going to be uncomfortable? Is this going to be a waste of my time? I, j- I just want to call you into leaning into that discomfort uh, and recognizing that um, the wisdom of our entire room is a lot greater than my wisdom or even Tiana's wisdom, right? Um, or whoever, um, yeah, maybe not that one, but whoever's preaching, you know? Uh, and so I, I just want to call us into leaning into that. And I also want to call us into, there's some of you that are like, going to feel real nudges from the Holy Spirit, going to feel that sort of discomfort, you're going to start to sweat, and you're going to be like, I hate talking in front of people, but I feel like I should say something. And I'm just going to call you to lean into that. Um, We, this is a safe community. This is a community that loves you and cares for you, and so I want to invite you into that. Um, So before I read what is true, or sort of what we preach through in Exodus, uh, I do want to lay just a couple of ground rules, uh, just so we have some guidance. Um, Again, we are going to trust the community and discernment, so you can just say what you want to say. Obviously, if, but I do want to say this. Like, if something is harmful toward people, I I will say something, okay? So we do want to, obviously, I don't need to tell you all this, but I'm still going to say it, respectfulness is, is a reality, right? But if you're, like, conviction for yourself, you are more than welcome to share that, right? Um, the second thing is we're just going to ask for people to stay about two minutes um, just so we can have an opportunity for different people to share. And so if you... You know, It's not like I'm going like, to set a timer and cut you off. But if you're going seven minutes, just know I'll probably say something as well. <laughs> um, and I think that's really it. We, we want, oh, there's one more. We also want center, to center Jesus, center God in this, right? Um, if you are really, some of you are so sweet. And you tell me every chance you get that you loved the sermon or that you loved my teaching on this particular thing. And I am so appreciative of that. And there's a time and a place for that, and that, that's not today. Today is not to be like, this teaching was really, Jimmy was really good, or Tiana was really good, you know what I mean? Um, if something really hit home with you, that's one thing, but to sort of like center us is not at all what we desire, and so let's continue to center Jesus in this time. Make sense? All right. Um, I'm going to go ahead and read through some of the topics that we did. Here, let me do this. There we go. Uh, that we have gone through through Exodus 1 through 17. And I also want to say, it is not limited to these. If there's been something in Exodus that you've been reading in your own time, and you're like, man, they didn't preach on this, but this was really good, I more than welcome you to uh, share that as well. So, uh, let's go ahead and go through, though, what we have preached on. So, Exodus 1 and 2. So, we opened with Exodus as the story of Moses encountering God over and over in a way that motivates and empowers him to be a part of, of the story of the liberation of the Israelites, uh, Exodus one and two set our stage that Moses is not our main character; God is right. We continued to see God as the main character in Exodus three and four, and got in uh, God showing us that He is Yahweh. Yahweh means I am who I am, and we we talked about like if if God said I am who I am and He was a bad God, that would be bad news, right? I talked about the idea of like. Uh, if I told Jamie that, where she was like, Jimmy, you really need to change this. And I was just like, I am who I am. That is not good news, right? That is actually bad news. But because God is a good God and because God, uh, what he was showing us in the season was that he's the God of liberation. God saying, I am who I am, that he will continue to be about this is a good thing and is good news for us. Exodus 5 and 6 is when we explored the, count, or the counting, counting the cost of justice. There we go. Uh, And I said this. I wanted to read this for us. It is on the basis of God's character that he is liberating the Israelites. Justice flows from him because he is the God of justice. So in seeking justice, we are occupying the same space as God himself. We are in lockstep with God, and we get to participate in the work with him. Uh, Exodus 7 through 10 was a fun one. We explored the plagues, or as I called them, this, thank you, David. The strikes, one of you was listening, as decreation events uh, and how God was reminding Pharaoh that he, not Pharaoh, is the Lord. Uh, I then got chickenpox, pox, uh, in case you needed to be reminded, and I was not here for Exodus 11 through 13. Some of you, this is the first time you've heard this. Um, but Sam, our friend from Missio de Rigleville, explored the Passover with you through the idea of communion. Uh, exodus 14 was the exodus. We explored God as the God of liberation, and then we explored what liberation looks like. It looks like being liberated from something, being liberated to something, and a continued liberation. In Exodus 15, uh, we explored the scary world of being tested from God. In Exodus 16, we looked at Sabbath and the manna in the wilderness. And then in Exodus 17, Tiana explored the, w- the wilderness, and then she came back with a little wisdom for us, right? Right? Uh, so, that's where we're at. We are in Exodus 17 as the Israelites are approaching Mount Sinai uh, and the receiving of the law. And so, I'm just going to give us a minute to sort of think to ourselves, and then we're going to open it up to our community wisdom. With me? Let, let me pray before we uh, just have this time of silence. Lord, we, we thank you so much for the book of Exodus. Uh, we thank you that you are the God of liberation you are the god who saw your people and heard their cries uh, and and came to a man in moses uh, and called him to liberate people those people from egypt lord we thank you that you are the god who says i am who i am that you uh, continue to be about the liberation of your people from oppression that you are the god of justice uh, that you are the god who sees you are the God who hears. Even in our chaotic world where it's hard to believe, Lord, you are the God who sees and hears. So Lord, I pray this morning uh, that you bring to mind uh, yourself some things we have heard uh, and learned in Exodus, uh, and that we can use that as reminders for one another. Uh, Hebrews three talks about um, that we, in order to avoid the the, the hardening of our hearts through the deceitfulness of sin, we are to encourage one another as long as it is called today. Lord, it's called today, so let us encourage one another uh, and continue uh, to provide hope and to provide um, a, a desire to rely on you in our wilderness. In your son's name I pray, amen. All right, we can go ahead and get started if anyone would like to share for us. Mike, you wanna share? Yeah.
2: Good morning, everybody. Morning, Mike. My name is Michael. My father was Native American, Czech Indian, Mm -hmm. so am I. And I know that I heard what you were saying about Natives, how to, what they've been through, or what not they've been through. My father was being through a lot when he was alive. Mm-hmm. I mean, you know, I'm not going to make this long, but I'm going to make it. Meanwhile, mm-hmm. he was an alcoholic, and I followed some of his footsteps, you know. Mm-hmm. And, you know, I used to have been doing street drugs. I've been poisoned and this and that related. And I was in a coma for nine months, 28 years ago. And with the grace of God, I'm living today. And, you know, when I was in that coma, I was in the life of Jesus when I woke up. And to make this short, I'm here today to talk about it. Thank you, and have a great day. Bye.
1: Amen. And Mike's going to be getting baptized next week. so. it's Jason? And I'm not gonna say everyone's name, just in case I forget your name on stage here, but obviously I'm not gonna forget Jason, unfortunately. But um, no, I'm just kidding. it's because I'm beating you. (laughs) If you can say your name just for everyone's sake too. My name's Jason. Um,
3: I think everybody, uh, when I think of Exodus and the wilderness, um in 2020 i believe we all experienced a wilderness Mm -hmm. um an exodus an exodus of how things were going our daily day-to-day uh you know how we performed every day got changed Mm -hmm. uh and we had to find new ways to get things done um and for myself um as many know 2020 was uh interesting year <laughs> we'll say um you know i brought it i had a child you know and lost a wife all in the same year um so For me, the things that have uh, stuck out the most have been the consistency of God, not the consistency of myself, uh, because I'm not consistent. I'll mess up in a heartbeat, probably I'll do it tomorrow, and that's given me 24 hours extra. Um, But knowing that God is always there. He doesn't necessarily take care of all of my needs. You know what I mean? You you think of the land of milk and honey. You know, Moses was told, hey, bring these people out of Egypt, and I'll give them a land. Moses never got in to the land of milk and honey. For as much as we revere Moses and we are thankful for him he never got to see the finished product Mm -hmm. of the very thing that he gave a life towards that doesn't mean that he didn't make it to heaven he just didn't get israel Mm -hmm. you know and that is we have to sit in that sometimes Mm -hmm. that our humanly flesh will not be given the respite that we think it deserves Oh, I follow God, so, you know, I should have this. I shouldn't struggle for this. I shouldn't deal with depression if I follow and believe in God. That's not true. Nowhere in the Bible does it speak to that. Um, So that's just, for me, what I hold on to, that, you know, this life that we choose and so happily choose, or I do, um doesn't mean that I'm going to be prosperous and well off but I do know that I'm loved and I do know that uh there is a plan I might not agree with it all, at all times but there is a plan
1: hmm. and I and I've told Jason this before uh, again I won't speak after each one but I do I do feel like saying this um you know Jason for as much uh, as Jason and I mess with each other Jason is such a gift to me and has been such a testament of what it looks like to live faithfully in the wilderness and continue to trust God despite really hard circumstances and so Jason thanks thanks for sharing and th- thanks for your your commitment to God and your commitment to hope <laughs> Yeah
4: Good morning everyone Good Morning My thing was, and still is, working on resting. Mm. I know last week, that's what you spoke on and spoke about. Mm. I am learning how to rest, Mm. to give myself that one day, and make a grand discovery of what I need to rest from,
5: Mm.
4: and what I needed to rest from was people. Hmm. People, when you are a mental care person, everyone has a problem. And with their problem, working with your problem, you have a lot of problems. So a lot of times I said to myself, you know what? But th- but then I started doing what you said, Chris, and you, what, last week. And that was about two years ago. I asked God uh, well actually I asked him to show me the day that I really should rest
5: hmm.
4: because most people say Saturday and others say Sunday. Well, I'm a Baptist or was a Baptist. I'm not sure anymore about that. But I decided that I'm gonna continue doing Sunday as my resting day. But one evening I was out. I'm also an organizer and a little bit of everything else. And one evening I found myself over at one of the aldermen's uh, district. I lost it, I absolutely lost it, and what I mean by that was, I was out canvassing for that particular older person. And I was overloaded, Hmm. literally overloaded. I was oppressed, depressed. I was a little bit of this and a little bit of that. Finally, one evening I was out in the middle of the street. No, I didn't go bonkers, everybody. (laughs) But I found myself standing in the middle of the street asking God to save me.
3: Hmm.
4: I was totally out of it, literally. When you do canvassing work and talking to people and Oh, God, it's a lot to it. And when you're with an organization, it's even more. So finally, I just stood there. I had a young man, believe me, I was training. I guess he said, what's wrong with that woman? Hmm. And I just simply told him, I had enough hmm. that I am going to learn how to give me. I don't want it from somebody else giving it to me or someone else telling me. I am going to give it to myself. Hmm. An off day. Hmm. And you know what? It works.
5: Hmm.
4: I don't do anything, anyone, once done,
5: mm-hmm.
4: you either see me on a for Saturday
5: mm-hmm.
4: or you see me on a Monday. But Sunday is God's day mm-hmm. and my day. Mm-hmm. Thank you.
1: Thanks, Adele. Thank you, that's great. There are a couple up here, to, Oh, okay. Carol, you wanna?
6: I'll, yeah. I'll make my way back. <laughs>
1: <clears throat> Hi,
5: my name's Carol. I'm looking, I'm listening at everyone, but I was looking at, uh, I wrote notes, some notes. (laughs) And I want to read a couple and then just tell you a struggle. Um, In Exodus 15, I wrote, God calls us to turn to him in the smaller moments. The smaller moments define us. And then I um, I wrote, um, some of God's waiting is so people can rely on him. Um, there's no guarantee of life that we're free of struggles or hardships. Whether it be other people's struggles that we're seeing and having you know, having a hard time saying, God, why? Um, But in our our wilderness or in our struggles, God is with us. And it doesn't matter, you know, we we all want to live, you know, kind of a, you know, well, I hope all of us want to live a life where we really just want to be close to God and have his goodness and purity and everything in our lives. But we all make mistakes. And I made a mistake twice. And I, I hardly, this is recently with a car. And that's all I'll say about that. <laughs> and I could hardly, for, I didn't hurt anybody, mm-hmm. thank God. But I could hardly forgive myself. And I keep going back to that. Well, guess what? I'm just human. Now I hope I can m- remember um, my lesson yeah. um, for real this next time. And it is hard. It's, oh, and one thing I want to say about it is when we're having the hardest time, that's something that's really hard for us. Okay, now, I just want to see God. Mm-hmm. I just want god here and you know what there is such freedom in that Mm -hmm. and um that's what i am aiming for in in my human failures
1: yeah yeah right before you share john i just want to say carl and i talked a little bit well carl just brought it up and then i was thinking about it carl um about the use of the gospel for freedom instead of, like, punitive measures, you know? Um, and and how we, you know, one of our core tenets is freedom, um, and it's a freedom from that guilt of continuing to live in in our shortcomings, in our past, and a, and a freedom to run to Him in those moments instead of trying to hide from Him. And so, thanks for sharing that, girl. Yep, yeah, John. Uh, I was uh, in your discussions on
7: Exodus, I think the two the two things I've walked away with so far, among other things, had to do with rest, <clears throat> excuse me, and with liberation, the two things, uh how they intermingle. And uh it's always difficult as a white person to discuss race issues because there's always that sense of how much of this is virtue signaling? Mm-hmm. <laughs> you know? It's like um You know, but uh, the more I think about my own story, which my own story is my own story, which is one of the points regarding liberation, is that there's the liberation from Egypt that everybody experiences together, and then there's the liberation from Egypt that is your own personal experience. Hmm. And I think for white folk, there's a a liberation that has to come through confession. Hmm. And I think... There's That's one step, uh, but you can get stuck there, at least I think in some ways I have over the years. I remember even as a kid, I, was, I had a big blowout argument with my father because I was a sophomore in high school and was going to go off to Wounded Knee. That, back in '73, when the big Wounded Knee thing was going down uh, at Pine Ridge Reservation, uh, I wanted to go there and be in solidarity with AIM. <laughs> and, Uh, It was a near thing. my. (laughs) Anyway, but those kind of markers have been all through my life. I read all this, you know, at one point I imagined that I was going to become a black history expert. And I had shelves over at our uh, Japuza magazine offices Mm -hmm. on black history and many of those books I read. But I was still white. Mm -hmm. Um, I was still carrying a baggage of whiteness. And there was there was an accompanying sense of the grief of that. The, you know, the grief understanding, you know, the more you understand about this racial history thing, the worse it gets. Because white people kind of are the ones that invented the whole thing. Mm-hmm. Modern racism is an entirely white construction. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, W.E.D. Du Bois made that point in 1901. So, I mean, we're, we're in that situation. We have uh, a white, even, and this is my own, these are my own griefs that I feel as a white person. You're looking at the evangelical church, which is a mostly white organization, making common cause with fascists um, in the broad daylight. And so you're, if you're somebody like me, you have to walk away from that. You just have to walk away. But you're still stuck with that history of whiteness. And I think at some point, as a white person, you have to kind of join the hands of the community itself is where you will find Jesus. Hmm. The community is where the forgiveness comes from. Hmm. And that's the only way that you're going to get there. You can be in your own head. You can read all these books. Um, you can you think you know something. Um, you can get a black girlfriend. I mean, you can do whatever you need to do. You think none of it is going to make you guiltless. None of it that those racial sins are part of your DNA. The way you you know people don't want to think that way because it sounds unbiblical or whatever. It is that way. It oh. sorry. Oh, don't Don't hold the bottom. Okay. Um, Wow, that's a lot louder. The problem is that whiteness is something that only Christ can forgive. But Christ is in his body, the church. And so I guess that's my bottom line. I get to a place where there's some peace and there's personal liberation, which then is outworked. Mm -hmm. And the other kind of liberation Mm -hmm. in that. Mm -hmm. Mm
1: -hmm. I think there are some people. Virginia, were you? Yeah.
6: Just hold it in the middle. Hello? Good morning. morning. Um, I just wanted to say that um, as I was growing up, I had um, witnessed a lot of trauma. Um, long story short, um, I deal with depression and anxiety, so I wasn't really feeling too good um, these past two weeks. Um, but I just, I got, I guess I got a revelation from God that actually gave me the strength and the healness of my body and the mental state of my mind for me to you know get up and do things like this morning I really didn't want to get up and come to church (laughs) but it was just him helping me you know gave me the strength to get up and um, in spite of the depression and anxiety that I would be going through going through on a day-to-day basis. Um, He just showed me um, peace be still. Mm -hmm. Like, in the midst of a whole bunch of stuff going on around me. um, Just have that peace where I can hear his voice. Mm -hmm. And I guess just get the strength from God. And that's what brought me here this Mm -hmm. morning. And I'm grateful that I am feeling better, and I'm grateful for you all.
1: Thank mm. you. Thanks, Virginia. I, hey, I d- I forgot to say to shout out you all. I mean, come on, the Sunday after a holiday, and it <laughs> snowed, and you guys are here. Yeah, look at look at you all. Look at God. Like Virginia said, look at God. I also wanted to say I'm I was the one making noise, so you all were doing great. That's my bad. My it was my microphone.
6: Oh, was it okay?
8: <laughs> I was reading the daily bread and it said that God is the creator. Mm-hmm. He created everything, every race and thing. Just like Moses went to God mm-hmm. and for God to solve a problem, God wants all of us to come to him and he'll solve our problems in prayer because he help everybody who need help.
1: Mm-hmm. Amen. Hey, you want to say something, Sid?
0: Hi, everyone. I'm Sydney. So what I have been... <laughs> thinking about is how the Israelites, um, every time God would bless them or deliver them, they would always have another request. Mm -hmm. And I was always thinking like, God just did this for them. Mm -hmm. He delivered them from the impossible, seen all the miracles that God can do, but still would be upset and Mm -hmm. asking for more.
5: Mm -hmm.
0: (laughs) And then looking at my own prayer life, God has blessed me immensely but my request list is always longer than my praise list. <laughs>
1: mm-hmm. Mm-hmm.
0: So it's always like, oh God, if you would just, you know, get me through my bachelor's degree. And then he did that. And I'm like, oh God, if I could just get into nursing school, he did that. Mm-hmm. And then God, just get me through nursing school, he's doing that. Mm-hmm. So just taking that time to really sit and praise God for the blessings that he continues to give us. Mm-hmm. And be mindful. I mean, obviously, God said ask. Mm-hmm. So always ask for what you need, and he will give you the desires of your heart.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: But just always remember and be thankful for what God has already done.
1: Mm-hmm. Amen. I'm sure you're the only one that struggles with that, Sydney. So.
8: <laughs> Good morning, y'all. My name is Marcus. Um, kind of what's been put in my heart is understanding God's timing, you know, you look at the Israelites 40 <clears throat> oh my goodness. Excuse me. You look at 40 years in the wilderness. That's that's a that's a little bit of change. <laughs> like to say to say the least. Um me personally, I went to college, I flunked out of college because I wasn't focused mm-hmm. and I'm 22 now and I'm watching all of my friends graduate, get degrees, start families. Mm-hmm start their careers, and I'm just now going back. And while it's encouraging that I can go back, it's also hard to kind of wrap my head around that. I almost feel like I'm a whole generation behind. Hmm. But throughout these four years, God has shown me things and he's taught me things. And the biggest thing he's taught me, even with revisiting Exodus, is I have to trust in his timing. Hmm. There's, there's a reason why Things didn't work out the way that they worked out. There were lessons I needed to learn. There were relationships I needed to build. There was wisdom that I needed to gain. Mm -hmm. There is a level of maturing I had to do. So um, my biggest takeaway and something I would love for you guys to take away from it as well is that we can't be too focused on our timing, Mm -hmm. on what we want to get done, when we want to get it done, and how we want it to be done. We have to trust in God to kind of take care of the the details of it. And not in the sense of like, oh, if I'm obedient to God, then maybe he'll speed up the process. Like, no, just let me be obedient. Let me trust him. Let me at the very least try not to complain. Hmm. We're, we're human, so we're going to end up complaining. But <laughs> <laughs> try to complain as least as possible, you know what I'm saying? And I mean, yeah, that's it.
1: Yeah, thanks, Marcus. We do, we do have time for one more. Yeah, we, one more. Kevin, you want to wrap us up?
9: Hi, everybody. I'm Kevin. Um, I, my dad's side of the family is Jewish. Uh, so I was born, my dad was Jewish. Uh, to make a very long story short, uh, coming out of a double mastectomy, his mom, who had been Jewish her entire life, quotes John 15, 13 to him, and 10 years later he's in church with my mom, looks over, sees that it's in red letters and Jesus said it, and all of the church that he had been hearing, mostly to appease my mom, uh, clicked. He got baptized that day, and Hmm. since then I I was raised in a Christian household, and while I'm ethnically Jewish, obviously I'm here and and Christian. Hmm. And so uh, the biggest theme of Exodus to me is that God makes a way. Hmm. Um, And so I currently I'm doing a Bible study on Hebrews right now and one of the big themes of Hebrews is pointing out how everything in the Old Testament points towards Jesus being the Messiah and the way. And so um, I had the honor of attending my first Passover Seder which given my background is kind of ridiculous that it took 32 years for me to get to one. (laughs) but uh, my dad's family kind of put the ish in their Jewish faith. um, So they weren't practicing during my lifetime. So uh, a friend of mine, uh, his family is Jewish. And so Aaron and I got to go to a Passover Seder and we didn't know, I mean, we knew a little bit of what to expect, but we weren't familiar with the words that were said there, um, just kind of some of the symbolism that was used and obviously the Passover story, which is in Exodus. So I am gonna tie all this up, I promise. Um, So, you know, we sit there and we we go through the ceremony um, and much of it is just going through the Exodus story of how the Israelite people were led out of Egypt Mm -hmm. and towards the end in the Haggadah, which I may be mispronouncing, which is basically the book uh, that instructs how to lead a Seder service. Um, it says right there on the page, the stone which the builders rejected has become this cornerstone. Mm -hmm. And so I'm in a room full of Jewish people and I'm like, amen, (laughs) but also just kept it contained. But all through Exodus, we see where Moses says, oh, I'm not a good speaker. He's like, well, your brother Aaron is, so he'll go with you. And then, well, we're leading our people out, but oh gosh, there's a, a sea in the way. All right, well, we're gonna part that. Well, now we're in the desert and we're starving. Okay, don't worry about it, you know, set out your bowls, I'll provide manna. So God makes a way and he set everything down in the Old Testament that we've been studying, that we're going to continue to study. And all of that at the end of the day is just a big mirror reflecting forward to what Jesus came and did and fulfilled. Mm -hmm. And so uh, I think that that is what we should take away from this Exodus study that we've had so far and what we'll get back into in the new year. So thanks for your time.
1: Amen. What a what a transition. Wait. Thank you for waiting till the end, Kevin. Because, uh, <laughs> uh, yeah, God makes a way, and Jesus is the way, right? And the truth in life. Uh, just so in case you needed to know the rest of the quote. Um, I'm I'm really excited because uh, the next in the next month, obviously, is Advent, uh, and the series we're doing is Advent Embodied, uh, and so Jesus uh, Himself in the incarnation was embodied. Uh, and that was intentional. But we're also going to be looking at what does it mean to embody sort of the four virtues that are related to um, Advent uh, in hope, joy, love, and which one am I? Peace. Hope, joy, love, and peace. And what, are the, what does it mean for us to embody those? Um, but I think just Jesus being the embodied way uh, is a really, really exciting idea for for me uh, and so this morning, as we continue our service, what we're going to do uh, is we're going to um, practice some embodiment through communion.
0: Thank you for listening to the Missio Day Uptown podcast. We are a church committed to our neighborhood, seeking to love and serve our beautifully unique community as we join God as he makes all things new. To learn more about us, visit mduptown.com.